Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. This is our text for today, Matthew chapter 1. And I'll remind you that a little bit later. Uh, we're going to go to Luke chapter 1 first. So I've got them on the screen kind of in reverse order. But we're going to go to Luke chapter 1 first. We are in this series called Overjoyed. And in this series, we've been talking about the joy of the Lord. And everyone in, in this season, Shay alluded to it earlier when she was talking about how this season is a season where depression and uh, the enemy focuses on a lot of negativity and suicide rates are at the highest this time of year just because people have lost hope. And many times the enemy will make us seem like the circumstances are going to overcome us, but joy is going to overcome us when we learn to walk in it. I hope today that this message, Holy Spirit, anoint it, that it will not just be words uh, from some guy uh, in front of you, but that Holy Spirit will illuminate the word to you, that you will see things that will change your life and your circumstances for the better forever. You will learn some stuff that you won't have to learn this again. You'll learn it today, and you'll get it, and you'll begin to operate at a different level of anointing and authority in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I told you a little bit ago uh, in this series that for years I've been in a place where, like, I just want to get Christmas over with. Uh, it's, I don't have any joy about it, and it just kind of was a time that... It was hopeless for me. It just, there was no hope in it. And the Lord, I noticed when Shay and I were putting Christmas decorations up uh, at the very beginning of November, which we never do, but we had to do it because our schedule was so packed. It was our only week. And I'm just initially going into it like we've got to get this thing done. And I went into it with the same mindset that I had been going into it with in the other years. And it was just that I, I was just going into it unaware. But something changed in the middle of that. And I began to look at the decorations. Now, this might sound crazy to you, but it doesn't to me because it happened to me. But in the middle of putting up outdoor decorations and stuff, uh, and we don't go crazy with that stuff. You know, it's you know minimal and tasteful. Um, but... I looked at it and, I, and I, felt, I felt it in my spirit. That's the only way I know how to explain it. I felt it. It was like right, it started right here and I felt it go like up in, in my torso. And it was like, this is pretty. This is really pretty. This is neat. And I'm like, this is, and I noticed this is the first time I felt happy in that area. And happiness and joy are different. Happiness are emotion-related, joyous from something that we learned in our first message on this that we focus on. It's what we have in the, in the Lord. And joy, happiness is fleeting. It's based upon emotion and circumstances, but joy is blessed on blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Like it's based on assurance, like what we know is there. And so I felt this hope coming back. And it, it's a beautiful feeling when you've been at a place, when you've walked through the valley of the shadow of death and you feel like you're starting to walk back out of it. That's where I've been through the valley of the shadow of death and I feel like I'm coming out of it. I'm, I, don't, I don't know that I'm on that mountaintop yet, but I feel the incline. You know what I'm saying? And so as we talk about overjoyed, a lot of people in my world, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to have a week to go by that somebody does not have some kind of crisis and sometimes multiple crises. And in the middle of their crises, sometimes I have my own crises to deal with. You know what I'm saying? What, uh, are y'all following me? Like, I, so so it, it can be very easy to become overwhelmed by the, the vast needs. And it's a helpless feeling when somebody comes to you for help and you don't have help for them. But you have to pull out that old, uh, was it Peter um, and 
uh, that said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. In other words, they were asking for some, for some help. They were asking for a handout and, and, and assistance. And he said, I do not have it. But what I do have, I will give to you. And there have been situations that I've been in where I don't have the answer for you. I have the answer, but I don't have the answer. Like today when you leave here, you're not going to have three points that's going to fix your problem. But I can tell you what. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. He's the way, man. I'm telling you, he's the solution. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these other things will come into alignment. I'm telling you. And as we talk about this, we've been talking through the Christmas story. We've been try- tying in the Christmas story to all of our messages. And we went back and we saw how uh, there was so much joy in the Christmas story. And I asked some of you, and I know some of you did it. I asked you to go on a joy scavenger hunt. And so you just go through the scriptures, uh, Luke chapter 1 and 2, Matthew chapter 1 and 2, and you begin to look everywhere in those. And if you haven't done that, I challenge you to do it. Go through it and circle every time you see the word joy or rejoice, which is joy activated. Anytime you see glorifying or praising, because those are expressions of joy. And you will be amazed when Zechariah and Elizabeth were uh, announced the birth of John the Baptist, the, the uh, inc- the uh, conception of John the Baptist. Oh man, there was great joy that came over the announcement of that. And then when you look at Jesus, uh, the, the shepherds, they were went back to their places glorifying and praising God. They were filled with joy. Later, uh, however long later it took the wise men to get there, they saw the baby Jesus and they were filled with joy. I mean, everybody's filled with joy. But I started reading the, the, the passages there and there's, there's two people who are paramount to the story that joy is not specifically assigned to their reaction initially and that's Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph, the people at the center were not as joyful as all of these others were. They were as Jewish as any of the others, minus uh, the, the, the wise men, kings, uh, astrologers, whatever they were. They were as Jewish. They knew the promises of the Messiah to come. They knew all of these things. But yet when we read their account, we don't see them as overwhelmed with joy as you see the others. And so in Luke chapter 1, let's read that. We're going to start at verse 26. All right, you there? All right. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. Nazareth, Nazar is the Greek word for that. And, and it uh, means shoot. That's really important. A shoot, a bud, like a tree that's been chopped down. And you see those little buds that'll shoot out. And it'll, you, you thought you cut it down. You thought you got rid of it, but there's a little shoot. Crepe myrtles are terrible about that. You think you kill those things, but three days later, oh, mighty God, that's a prophetic, isn't it? Three days later, woo! Three days later, you'll see a shoot coming out of it. And it's like, you thought you killed me, but you didn't. Well, Nazareth, Nazareth means shoot. Well, that's important because in Isaiah 111, the scripture describes the Messiah as a shoot will rise out of the house of David. Isn't that powerful? God, how he puts all this stuff together. And he says, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was uh, engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. There it is. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Emmanuel, the Lord is with you. He said, favored woman. Favor is demonstrated delight. Think, think about this. God's favor is demonstrated delight. Empirical uh, evidence. Tangible. Like you, it, it's tangible. 
You ever seen those people in, 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 in the church and it's like everything, man, just they touch, turns to gold. Man, that's the favor of the Lord on their life. And it's not, I'm not talking about in a financial way. Like just they're just successful in everything that they do. Even when they fail, they're successful if you get what I mean. The Lord will use it to teach them a lesson. They never look at life like it's a defeat. They look at it as it's a, a, a lesson for the next time. And he says, he says greetings, highly favored. Favored woman, the Lord is with you. And so she says, uh, verse 29 says that she was confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Listen to me, church. Many times the Lord calls you out. Many times for goodness. Many times the Lord will call you out and begin to speak identity to me, to you. Somebody needs to hear this today. And you'll begin to go, not me, surely not me. No, he don't know me. He doesn't know how I was raised. He doesn't know, like, man, can anything good come from Nazareth? Can anything good, you know what I'm saying? People were saying about Jesus, can anything good come? Y'all know he's just Mary and Joseph's boy, don't you? Like, many times God will begin to speak and prophetically try to move. Come on, man, somebody needs to partner with me in this house. God will begin to speak to you in your life, and you'll begin to talk God out of it. Well, he don't know how rough my folks are. Man, I tell you what, I come from a band of rough rednecks, alcoholics, jail bait. I'm telling you what, we come from a group of, 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 of rough folks. But out of Greenville, Mississippi... Out of Nazareth, out of wherever you are, God will call you out. Come on, people. You will be a Nazare. You will be a, you, you will be a, a shoot that will, will bud out. And, oh, you, man, you might think it's dead, but God will call you out. God will raise you up. But she's confused. She, do, she doesn't meet his, her response is not as energetic as the angel. She's like, man, I'm confused. I'm confused. I'm just a little old girl. I was fixing to get me a job down at Walmart. Why in the world would you bring the uh, Savior of the world through, through me? I'm just a greeter at the door. You know, I'm just this. I'm just that. And we begin to talk ourselves down. We begin to talk ourselves down. The enemy, if there's one major weapon that he uses against the church, it's a weapon of intimidation. It's a weapon of, of speaking lies and calling you for less than what you are. I'm telling you what, the enemy speaks that to me on a daily basis. I don't remember him saying it today, but it will happen today before I leave this place or I leave these grounds. Every day when I leave this uh, house on Sundays, the enemy and I have battle after church. It's a warfare in my mind, and he'll tell me every mistake I made. He'll tell me everything I did wrong. He'll tell me all of these things. You're not worthy of the call. You ain't worthy to stand up there, and I'm just, I'm not saying that for sympathy. I'm telling you that that is how the enemy is, and we go to war. I fight my battles by telling him, listen, I know who I am. I know who called me. I know who I am. I know who called me. See, I remember where I was when the Lord called me. I remember that experience. And I, I can tell you there are spiritual things that I get that don't make sense. I get that speaking in tongues... Some people can, they will never go further in their relationship in the anointing of the Holy Spirit because those kinds of things get, get them all, all off in their mind. And I literally, I could take an hour and sit down with you and I could factually, uh, empirically, scientifically show you how that's possible. But I don't really care what people say because I've experienced it and I know I ain't crazy. I've experienced that experience. So you can tell me it ain't right and ain't true and that, uh, you know, is over and done with. I don't, I'm telling you what, there will be times I will be driving down the road and the Holy Spirit will come upon me and I'm just speaking in tongues I don't even know. Y'all might think that's weird, but I'm telling you what, I am aiming to be so in tune with God. I need to be in tune with him because Rice got a lot of flesh. So I need to be in the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm saying? And so she's looking at this and she's saying, how is this possible? Like, I don't get this. I'm not worthy of this. She's pondering what he could mean. And then the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. Oh, come on now, Jesus. The second time he said that. 
A lot of times we're going, we're, we're thinking that that means, and I'm just submitting to you, okay? A lot of times we'll think that that means, oh my God, an angel, I've never seen one. He's saying, listen, Mary, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm about to tell you something that it's, it's going to blow your socks off. So what I'm about to tell you, he's, he's prefacing this. Like what I'm about to tell you, ain't nobody on earth ever heard before. You're the very first person that's ever heard this. Can you imagine being the very first person who ever heard something? You're about to hear something that has never happened. It never will happen again. And God, in all of his glory, magnificence, and wisdom, has found you. And you have found favor with the Lord. He says, don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be, a very, he will be very great, and he'll be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him a throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. See, right there, they should have known that they weren't looking for a political leader because political leaders rise and they die. In our country, they come to power every four years, and uh, every two years, maybe they're out. Every four years at the most, they're gone, unless you're a senator or a representative. Call your local representative if you want to change that. But, but you get what I'm saying? He's going to live forever. He, he's, his reign is not going to come to end. This is a different kind of king that you are going to give birth to. And Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? So now she's moved from spiritual to physical. Okay? All right, I get it. I'm kind of buying into the fact that I could possibly be worthy. But that's, I don't know how you, I mean, you should know how this works because you created it. You know, Man, woman, bada boom, bada bing, baby. You, you know how this works. I've never been with a man before. Like this is not physically possible. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. That's such a powerful verse. The Holy Spirit, how will I know? Oh, you gonna know. How will I know? Will the Lord send me, give me a sign? Oh, you're going to know. Because the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And not only is he going to come upon you, but he's going to overshadow you. You are going to see him in everything that you do. There's going to be signs everywhere. I asked the Lord to give me a sign this past week on something. And I said, Lord, just give me a sign. So I'm thinking big sign, you know. And the, and the Lord just pointed to a little tiny sign. And I'm like, oh, Wow. I didn't even see that because you will miss signs. There are signs all around, but sometimes we're looking so far up in the sky for the big old signs that it's, oh, it's a little sign right there. I totally missed it. Thank you, God. Little signs, here's some, somebody needs to take this to your spiritual bank. Little signs are as big as spiritual signs. Little signs are as big as spiritual signs. And then, and this, this is what, so the baby was born. The baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth, who's become pregnant in her old age, people used to say she's barren, but now she's conceived a son who is now in her sixth month for the world, will, uh, for the world of God, will, word of God will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Mary's kind of at this place right here where she, you got to understand what's happening in Mary's mind right here, guys. You got to understand. See, Levitical law says that a woman who is pregnant without being married is worthy of death. You got to understand. He's saying, you know, be not afraid, Mary. Like, I'm fixing to tell you something. Don't jump immediately to Levitical law. See, they're not under grace yet. The cross is not, we not got to that bridge yet. So what I'm about to tell you, Mary, like your world's fixing to change, Mary. Your circumstances, you thought things were okay. It's, it's fixing to get bad circumstantially. But spiritually, it's the best that it's ever been. Mm, come on, man. 
Come on. Uh, somebody ought to get that. Circumstantially, it's fixing to be worse than it's ever been for you in your life, Mary. But supernaturally, come on, hey. Supernaturally, it's about to be better, 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 better. Well, she's sitting there and she's going, well, all right. So begin to explain that. Peace out. I got to go. I got to go. Because I'm, I'm going to have to go explain this to Joseph. I'm going to have to go angel explain it to Joseph. All right. <clears throat> I'm sure she's thinking, what a great thing the Lord has said. I don't know how you're going to work that out. First of all, I've never seen it done before without a man. Never seen that happen. How's that going to happen? The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. Holy Ghost is going to work this out. Let me get a drink. Wonder how he's going to work out the Levitical law. Wonder what Joseph's going to think. How am I going to tell him? How am I going to tell my mama? Because you can tell your daddy, but good Lord, telling your mama. Like all these thoughts going through her head. And maybe, just maybe, Right now, in that season is why she was, joy wasn't ascribed to her in this experience. Because so much was going on in her mind. Now later, we find a, several verses later that she's off going to tell <clears throat> Elizabeth. And now she's creating a song. She's cre creating a song of praise. In the middle of her circumstances, she's creating praise. What is she doing? she got a battle. Y'all... Man, I'm telling you, are you following me? This is not, oh, praise Jesus. Jesus is coming. He's going to be in my womb. Everybody's going to love me. I'm going to be the figurehead of the Roman Catholic Church one day. I mean, <clears throat> come on, come on. No, there's some stuff going on in her mind. She's trying to work it out. She's trying to work it out. And as she's overwhelmed with this because she's dis she's dismayed as she's overwhelmed with this she comes to this place that we need for us to get to even when we aren't at our highest place of joy and it is i don't know how that's going to work out but may everything you say to me lord I love how the King James Version says it. It says, be it unto me according to your word. In other words, however it's going to work out, God, this is bigger than me. You work it out. You work it out. Isn't that amazing? I'm telling you, church, you may not understand where you are. You may not like where you are. God may just give you a portion. Don't you hate it when he does that? <clears throat> See, I'm the kind of guy... When the Lord speaks something to me, I want him to have the manual, the, all the instruction. Well, preacher, the word of God is the manual. Listen, I'm telling you, I need more than this. I need some specifics. The word of God speaks in principle sometimes. But I want to know. I want to know what the bank's going to say. I want to know what the person, how they're going to react. I want to know how all of this is going to work out. But God does not work that way. Why? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is a part of this. James tells us, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Like whatever situation that we are in, I don't necessarily even know how to tell you to do it because I'm sitting and looking at my life and situations and I'm going, I've got to consider it an opportunity for great joy. But how do I do that? Because I literally don't feel joyful in this moment. But remember, that is a feeling. That is a feeling. That feeling will pass. But does God love me? Yes, he does. Is God faithful to his word? Yes, he does. Is God faithful to the declarations? Yes, he does. I had somebody the other day that sent me a scripture that applied to my situation. That's how I have joy. I counted an opportunity because I read that and I'm like, yes, that is for me. 
That word, word of God, is for me and my situation. He said, when you go through trouble of any kind, your marriage, your business, your health, your mentality, whatever the situation is, look for an opportunity to count it for joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, endurance begins to build. When your faith is tested, when your faith is tested, not your body, not your emotions, when your faith is tested, it begins to build endurance. Endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. This is what James tells us to do. Church, if you're in a situation where You don't know what to do. Your circumstances don't look like what you want them to look like. I'm telling you what, count it all joy. If I could just take a moment right here, and I haven't asked their permission, but I believe they love me and will let me do it. But I want to call out uh, Abel and Giselle. Not too many months ago, your circumstances looked the worst that they've ever looked in your life. They looked so bad, but I'm telling you what, God had this incredible plan to put that little guy in your life. He would not have ended up where he will if he has not been placed, there is a calling, there is an anointing on that little guy. I'm telling you what, if you don't know their, their young uh, son, uh, his name was Dasir, and now his name, I don't even remember what that name meant. Do, do you mind telling me? Do you know? My God. I don't know if you heard that, but the name Dasir, Dasir, she said that it means a person who is never going to get ahead in life. That's never going to have satisfaction in life. That was his name. When he came into their house, they changed his name to Joshua. Joshua. You know what? You know what Joshua is? Joshua is Old Testament for Jesus. They changed his name. I don't know if you've ever met little Joshua. He is a bundle of energy. And it's, and it, and it's not potential. It's kinetic. I don't know if you know the difference. Potential is standing here. Kinetic is like. But he is a mighty man of God. Every time I see him, every time I see him, this is what I've pledged to say to him. You know what you are, don't you? And he's not giving it back to me yet because he hadn't figured out what I'm doing. Every time I speak to him, I say, you know what you are? You're a mighty man of God. You're a mighty man of God. One day I'm going to ask him that. I'm going to say, Joshua, you know what you are? And he's going to say, I'm a mighty man of God. I'm a mighty man of God. There's anointing on his life. Little guy will prophesy and talk to people. And that's, he was not there shortly ago. But I'm telling you what, this is what the Lord says, that it's an opportunity. That was an opportunity for faith to grow. I'm telling you what, I prophesy this over you. I prophesy this over Joshua. One day you guys are going to be a sitting in a crowd just like this and you're going to see him up front somewhere. I don't know if it'll be in a church or in any kind of spiritual setting, but you're going to look at him and you are going to be amazed at the prophetic voice that coming out of that little boy's mouth because somebody counted it joy to take him into their home and fight with endurance and God is going to grow something amazing out of that praise the lord praise the lord all right um let's look at matthew chapter one we looked at uh we looked at mary now let's look at joseph let's see how happy he is about his new set uh situation now you got to understand there's three stages to a jewish marriage First, there's the engagement. Second, there's the betrothal. And thirdly, there's the marriage. So they've already been engaged. They're in the betrothal stage of their marriage. Joseph, she's already really his wife. Like this is, this is, we don't do that in American uh, weddings. They already have entered into a covenant relationship and he's building them a home. Like he's going and getting everything ready And that can take months. So they're in the second stage of this. And so this is how Jesus, the Messiah, verse 18, was born. 
His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to, uh, to break the engagement quietly. All right, I, wanna, I want you to pay attention right here real quick. All right, so they're engaged. The scripture says that she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. So Joseph is already in the know. All right, Joseph is already in the know of what's going on here. She's already broken the news to him. She's all, like, he knows her. He knows her. Now, if my wife were to come to me and tell me something that would be absolutely hard for me to believe because I've lived with her for 35 years, because we've been married, I, I know this woman. And even though it would be hard for me to believe, I would believe her because I know her. He knows Mary. He knows that as she's explaining this to him, and the scripture says that he is a righteous man. In some versions, it says he's a just man. He looks for justice. So what is he going to look at? He's going to look at the law, at what is right. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. She's pregnant. I didn't get her pregnant. You get her pregnant. I didn't get her pregnant. You got her pregnant. You explain this to folks. He's looking at the law. He's a righteous man. He's a just man. He's a man of the Torah. And he's thinking, man, I know what Deuteronomy says about this. I know what Deuteronomy says about this. I know, man, I know what's going to happen to you. Heck, I know what's going to happen to me because ain't nobody going to believe that the Holy Ghost got you pregnant. They're going to be looking at me saying, boy, you lying. We know you did. And they're going to drag us out into the street. He's, he's, you know, he's, it's taking him a minute to get there. I mean, the situation is like, oh, baby Jesus, glorify God, you know. No, they're, they're, they're handling this differently. They're going through life change that's, that's un, unprecedented. And so he's looking at this. Look at this. As he considered this, my God, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. As he considered this, underline it in your Bible. As he considered this. Oh my goodness. I don't know if this is on the screen yet, but if it is, don't make a permanent decision in a temporary situation, church. Oh my goodness. What is going to happen? Girl, you done gone and got yourself pregnant. I ain't getting killed for nobody. Like I ain't done nothing wrong. We're going to have to figure this out. We're going to have to put you away somewhere. I, look, I'm a righteous man. I want to treat you right. I don't want to shame you in public, but I ain't willing to take a rock to the head for nobody. We're going to have to figure this out. But as he considered, I love this. But as he considered this, you know what he's doing? He's just like, let me take a minute, man. I don't need to put her on the first boat out of Nazareth. I don't need to put her on the first horse and carriage, you know, down to Elizabeth's house. I don't, I don't need to renounce my engagement to her. I, I need to think this through for a second. And he's taking some time to consider. He's pausing, in other words. The angel of the Lord appeared. Oh, my God. Listen, listen. He, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Sometimes we jump to conclusions and we jump to action and we supersede what the Holy Ghost was going to do. We jump ahead of God's timeline. We won't give God time to work. When the fullness of time had come, the scripture says, when the fullness of time had come, God works outside of time, but he also works in time. Because we live in time. And there's a time when God is going to show himself. Hear me, church. There is a time when God is going to show him. Come on, mighty God, get with me. There's a time when God's going to show himself faithful. Well, I need you to do it today. It's not his time. It's not his time. It's not his time. You can rush this thing. You can prematurely get there, but God has a timetable and he will show up on the scene when he is ready and when you are ready for it. But as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord. Come on, come on, give it to him. 
an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Joseph, son of David, that goes back to Nazir. He is David's uh, ancestral relative. He says, do not be afraid. He's not talking about don't be afraid that they're going to drag you out into the street. He's saying, don't be afraid, Joseph. What you guys are about to do is going to change the world. It's going to be scary. You're not going to know all the answers. If you'll just trust me, don't be afraid, Joseph. Trust me. Trust me. Don't get caught up in the law. Don't get on caught of what coulda, woulda, shoulda. Are, are you following me? We'll get so caught up in, well, what if? Well, what if? Well, what if? Well, what if? He said, trust. Trust the Lord. Don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. For the child within her is conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All right. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look. This is what the prophet says. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will, be, she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And Joseph, when he woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. L- listen, underline that. When he woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And he took Mary. I'm going to have to throw a fleece out to the Lord. He visited me in a dream last night. I'm going to have to call eight of my friends to see how, how they, in the, in the mouth of, of 12 or 18 or 39 witnesses, the truth is established. No, the scripture says in the mouth of one or two. But, but he, he heard the Lord and he jumped to, into action. Man, I'm telling you what. We need to begin to live lives where, oh, Jesus, come on. See, I'll get on a soapbox real, real fast. The reason why we have questions of God and we question when he speaks to us, we do not walk close enough to know his voice. The scripture says, my sheep know my voice. So when we hear his voice, and listen, um, that's not a reprimand, but it's a challenge. You and I need to be walking so much in alignment with the Lord. When he speaks to us, it's like, I ain't got to, listen, I, I know that's the Lord. I know that's the Lord speaking to me. See, that's why you got people hooking up with folks and, and they're like, you know, well, the Lord told me to marry him. And it's like, no, your body told you to marry him. Your eyes told you to marry him. You like the package, you know, whatever. But, I'm, but the Lord did not tell you to marry him. We'll, we'll, we will react. And when we are walking, I'm telling you what, guys, there, if, if you could just gather this information and store it in your brain. What we are in the natural is a mere reflection of the supernatural. I'm telling you what, I was telling somebody this morning, my wife and I, we've been married for 35 years. I don't know how it happens other than this is a beautiful uh, picture of God's discernment. Shay will walk into the room. I haven't talked to her in hours. She'll walk into a room and she said, you know, I was thinking we should go ahead and fill in the blank. And I'm like, I was literally thinking about that when you walked into the room. She's like, she'll say something about a movie that we're watching or whatever. And she'll say, you know, it's like in the movie, fill in the blank. And I'll go, I was literally just fixing to tell you that. What is that? We are walking so much. We just know each other. We spend time together. We're intimate with each other. We know one another's thoughts. And and it just happens. That is how it is when we walk. So if that's on a natural level, you experience that at a higher in the supernatural. When God speaks to us, man, we ought to be ready to jump to action. I'm telling you, it gets easier with time. It really does. It gets easier with time. But you will grow into it. I'm growing into it still. We'll all continually grow into it. Stephen, would you come and play with me, uh, play up here a little bit? Don't play with me. I don't want, you know, come up here and bother me. Messing with my ears or something. I want you to just play behind me. Verse 25 says, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. That's important. That's important. Why? Because I'm just telling you, I don't know a red-blooded male alive that on his wedding night, he has not got an agenda. 
Are you following me? Y'all know what I'm talking about. He, he did not have an agenda. Like, he didn't have sexual relationships with her until her son was born. Like, he didn't have an agenda. Like, yeah, God, I'm going to do what you want, but, but I got my needs too. You know, meaning, meaning my agenda, whatever that is. You know, I got what I want, what, what, what I want to do. Listen, I'm telling you what, church. When, when God moves in your life and you're in a circumstantial situation and uh, you, you got all kinds of things that you're not happy with, listen to me, church. It doesn't matter what you want to do. Sacrifice that. Don't have relations with that thing. Can, can y'all follow me in the spirit? Don't have relations with that thing. No, I'm too connected to it. I, I'm too close to the situation. Do not... Do not honor the situation. Honor the situation. Give it time. God will allow what you want. He, God cares about your desires. Let God do what he wants to do. And then he'll do what you want to do. It's always God first. Let God do what he wants to do. That's powerful. Write it down, Shay. I'm going to tweet it later. Let God do what he wants to do. And then he'll do what you want to do. He will. Don't make a permanent decision in a temporary situation. Can I tell you what? It's going to pass. It's going to pass. It's going to pass. Don't make a decision right now. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. All right. Pastor Rife, how do I activate this? How do I, how do I put what you're telling me into practice? The first one is just pause. I alluded this last week to you I said I usually tell my wife two things when we're facing something we are not doing anything immediately we're going to pause and we're going to pray we're going to pause and we're going to say God where are you in this chaos God where are you because we don't see you right now reveal yourself to us holy one reveal to us the armies of Israel holy one because we're scared Lord whatever the situation is we pause and we pray we don't there are times where you have to act right now and run to the battle like Joshua and Caleb. When it's time to run, the Lord will tell you to run. When it's time to act, the Lord will tell you to act. But if you don't know, if you don't know, just pause. Just pray. Ask the Lord what he wants you to do. Surround yourself with people. This is how you can do this. Like if you're, if you're in the middle of a situation, I'm telling you, if you don't know what to do, stop and don't do anything yet. Wait upon the Lord. Those who wait upon the Lord renew their strength. Wait on the Lord. Pray, ask Him. And then put people in your life that will keep you grounded so that your emotions and circumstances don't get you overwhelmed. So that you Facebook moms, y'all aren't, and it's not just women, it's men too. But you know what I'm talking about. Just let me pick on the women for a second. Y'all Facebook moms, y'all don't get out there and gang up together and be like, oh, we fixing to go burn. We're going to burn this down. We're going to, no, ain't nobody going to treat me like that. No, 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 no. And everybody is chiming in. Oh, my friend. No, don't, don't surround yourself with people like that. Surround yourself with people who are known people of peace. Don't you surround yourself with people who are troublemakers and people who look, like to rouse things up. Surround your, yourself with people of wisdom. Surround yourself with people of peace. Surround yourself with successful people. People who will keep you grounded when you are not mentally where you can keep yourself grounded. And this one here. Let Psalm 23 become your declaration. Psalm 23, it's just six verses. Let this be, become your declaration over everything. I'm telling you what, guys, this is a, an exercise in faith. Because the enemy, he is not, he, he never hits us like this. Hey, would you just posture yourself? Because I'm fixing to waylay you. I just want you getting your, you know, Shay said earlier, getting your fighting stance or something like that during worship. The enemy never does that. The enemy never says, hey, I, I want you to get in a stance because, like, I want you to get it, brace yourself because I am fixing to, you know, un unload on you. The, the enemy never does that. He always fights unfairly. 
He's a sucker puncher. He hits us when we least expect it. He comes against us when we least expect it. Come on. Some of y'all need to hear this because the enemy, I'm not prophesying this over you for doom, but some of y'all need to hear this today because the enemy's gonna, gonna, uh, he's, he's posturing to hit you this week. And the, and the Lord is saying, don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of that. When you're hit, know who you are. Make Psalm 23 your, your decree, your declaration. Psalm 23, look at it real quick with me. The Lord is my shepherd. He's my caretaker. He's taking care of you in the middle of it. I have all that I need. Like he's my source of every resource that I have. He lets me rest in green pastures. In other words, peace. He just, go rest, go rest. In the middle of this, I'm gonna fight your battle. Church, today is a prophetic day in your life. Those songs that we sang, some of them we planned, some of them we did not. Holy Spirit just led us in that direction. This is a prophetic day for you. You can be at peace. You can be at peace. It's okay. Say it with me. It's okay. It's okay. I know it looks bad. I know it looks bad. I know it, but it's okay. I'm going to be at peace. I'm going to be at peace. That's when I go to bed at night. Nothing that comes, you know, against me during the week is going to rob me of my sleep. I'm going to bed. I'm getting my rest. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Yes, even when I walk through, because listen, you're going to walk through this. Where you are right now is not where you're stuck. You're going to go through this. Yay, the scripture says, though I walk through the valley. Yay is an old uh, English word that means yes, 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 amen, amen. I'm going to walk through this. It's dark. It's uncomfortable. I don't like it. It's not where I want to be. But I'm walking through this in Jesus' name. And when you are going through it, I'm walking through this in Jesus' name. I'm walking through this. This is not my story. This is not how my story ends. I'm walking through this in Jesus name I walk through the darkest valley you know what that means it means this too shall pass the situation that you and I are in right now whatever it is this is temporary there's going to be a day in our life that this that that this moves from being a trial a tribulation to a testimony I remember the time It wasn't pleasant then, but praise God, look at what he did. This is temporary. Though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. You know what that tells me? He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is with us in the darkest time. He is with us. We need to remind ourselves of that. He is with you. This is the blessed assurance thing, guys, even though you can't feel him. I remember a time while I was a youth pastor in Georgia, and I was so lonely and depressed. I went to my office, and I said, God, I need to feel you today I need to feel your presence and I remember that that block cinder wall in my office I leaned up against it and I slid down and I'm just here I'm in a place of brokenness and I'm just leaning up against the wall and I said God I just need to feel you just let me feel you I know that might be shallow but God just let me feel your presence maybe a little hair or tingle somewhere to let just let me know you're here God please are you listening and I felt nothing and I felt nothing that's rude I'm asking as nicely and broken as I can and I didn't feel anything and I slid back up that wall yea though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death because it's not based on my feeling And maybe the Lord was doing something and teaching me a lesson that day. I can't do it right now, son, because if I did, you're going to always be looking for that little tingly on the back of your neck. 
And I need you to learn to walk today, son. I need you to know that I am faithful to my word and I will take care of you. So I pull myself up. I pull my little boy britches up that I had on and I, I, and I, I slid them up. And I think by the time they got up, they were big boy spiritual pants. And I realized that it's a blessed assurance that he is with me. Mm. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. Look at this. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me with, by anointing my head with oil. You know what that looks like to me? And the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Like, you honor me by anointing my head. Listen, I'm asking Holy Spirit for your sakes. That in the middle of where you are and whatever you are going through, that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And it will be unmistakable. Like you're going to feel him. Like there's going to be a physical presence in the room. You're going to feel him. There's going to be a change in your body. Your blood pressure is going to change. Your temperature is going to change. You're going to feel heat come over your body. Some of y'all are going to feel a welling up in your spirit. Some of y'all are just going to begin speaking in tongues as the spirit gives the utterance. And you are going to sense Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody who wants to, to, to get this, you're going to have that experience with the Lord. And when you have it, those of you who have myself, phone number I want you to text me if you don't have it I want you to tell me later during the week or find a way to let me know when God his spirit comes upon you because he says though you're in that place though you're in that place the spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you my cup overflows with blessings surely your goodness and unfailing love surely your goodness and unfailing love you know what that is that's a favor of the Lord his goodness and unfailing love is going to follow you look at this will pursue me Listen, God's following you. So many times we think of it this way. We are to follow God. Do you know that God follows you? He is looking at us all the time with loving, compassionate, tender eyes following us so that whatever situation that we're in, the mercy and the favor of the Lord follows us. This is our declaration, church. This psalm right here is such a powerful psalm for you to apply to your life. I apply this to my life all the time. When the circumstances, when the waves are so big that it's, it's God, this is out of control. This is out of control. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, O Lord. You are with me. You will take care of me. God, you make me to lie down in those peaceful places. I'm just going to go to sleep and let you handle it. Work out the details. You speak to me, Lord. Show me what you want me to do. Amen.